It's a Thursday edition of the EP Podcast, a throwaway Thursday, and I'll explain what that is in just a moment. It's our third throwaway Thursday, and I'm excited to explain to those who haven't uh, been along for the ride with us yet just what that means. But I'm Austin Horton. Thanks for joining me each and every day right here for a commute-sized podcast, wherever you're driving around to, whatever you're doing. If you're not driving anywhere, pop me in your ear uh, with the, uh, the uh, Zone Sports Network app. Wherever you find your podcast, Google, iHeart, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, I'm right there. Facebook, the EP Podcast, uh, Twitter, at Austin Horton, 1280thezone.com slash EP-podcast, or as I mentioned, the Zone Sports Network app in the on-demand audio section. There's a podcast tab right there at the top of that tab is the EP Podcast. Got a lot to get to today. The Movie Zone coming your way Thursday night, uh, tonight, on the Zone Sports Network. Johnny Lightfoot and I are going to... Uh, talk all kinds of movie stuff with you, so I got to get uh, that taken care of. Got the big show before that. Got Doc Talk coming up tonight. A big, long, busy day for your guy right here on the zone. So let's get going here on the EP podcast. A throwaway Thursday. What does that mean? Throwaway Thursday. So the term throwaway, we talk in radio, there's no such thing as a throwaway segment, there's no such thing as a throwaway idea. Uh, I, I twist that a little. I think there are throwaway topics, and by throwaway, it has a more uh, negative connotation to it than I mean it to have. It's a side dish. It's a it's a uh, it's the um, uh, creamed corn. It's not the meal, but it's still a good part of the meal. If you don't like creamed corn, I don't know, choose whatever for green beans, whatever your side is that you prefer. Uh, it's not the meal, but it's still good. Cornbread. Okay, cornbread's not a meal, but it's still really good as a side dish. Uh, and that's what throwaway means to me. It's a topic that isn't as meaty or as uh, satisfying or filling as the main course, but it's still about how you take that topic and make a segment out of it that determines whether or not the throwaway topic becomes a throwaway segment. Hence, Throwaway Thursday. Just a hodgepodge of different topics I throw out there and uh, that, that have got my attention, and then we move on pretty quickly. It's a shorter edition, typically on Thursdays, than the rest of the week. So let's get going. Let's start right here. Joe Ingles. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. Uh, this is... Uh, <laughs> look, I've not been shy about my feelings in regards to Gordon Hayward uh, in the past on The Zone. I refer to him. In fact, you rarely hear me say his name. And that's more out of, you know, fun and kind of a show thing than any real hate or animosity or whatever. I call him Big Haircut because I'm a big fan of The Office. And there's a point in one of the episodes where Jim gets a haircut and Andy's character says to him, Hey, big, you're no longer Big Tuna. You're forever now known as Big Haircut. And I call Gordon that because there was such this big deal made out of his hair change uh in his last couple seasons with utah jazz and they even did like exposés on his barber and uh, ridiculous it was ridiculous then it's ridiculous now uh but that's why i refer to him as big haircut so big haircut though after he spurned the jazz and, and the way he did which was childish and immature and cowardly if i'm being frank and honest with you doesn't mean he's a bad guy doesn't mean i wish him any ill will uh, doesn't mean i relished in his horrific injury that has been career altering to this point uh but i wish he would have had a little more respect and honor for the utah jazz franchise nevertheless his contract is in the final two seasons 
there in Boston. And by by what that means is actually this was the second to last season on his contract and with next season being a player option. So it's his choice whether or not to opt in and play his remaining year with the Boston Celtics. I'm here to tell you he's going to opt in. It's $34.1 million for next season, 2021 season. He's going to opt into that. No one's going to give Gordon Hayward more than $34.1 million. Does he stay with the Celtics? Beyond that, though, is an interesting question. Now, that brings us to this clip from Joe Ingles, uh, who is who was and I believe still is really good friends and close with the Gordon Hayward and Robin Hayward family. Uh, and uh, he, there was they share an agent still in Mark Bartlestein. There was talk uh, when Gordon was going to leave the Jazz if uh, the, the Jazz signed Joe Ingles to his big deal at the same time, and that, that seemed to be a good sign that Gordon would be returning. It didn't matter. He was off to play for Brad Stevens. And that's, by the way, I think that's real. I don't think there's any 100% truth to the idea that Gordon was mad that he didn't get his rookie extension sooner or, or any of that nonsense. I think if Brad Stevens was the coach of the Utah Jazz, Gordon Hayward would still be playing for the Utah Jazz. Now, I'm of the belief Quinn Snyder's a better coach than Brad Stevens, though Brad Stevens is talented and I think one of the top five to ten coaches in the league. Uh, but anyway, what I'm saying is wherever Brad Stevens was coaching, that's where Gordon Hayward was going to go. I think he knew that for two seasons before leaving the Utah Jazz. But the thought was, well, Joe Ingles just signed. Gordon Hayward's likely to re-sign because they're best friends. Didn't happen. However, Donovan Mitchell was drafted uh, a couple days before Gordon Hayward left for Boston. Like a week or a week and a half, something like that. And uh, he's turned into the superstar, the, the or budding superstar that no one thought he would be, except for Dennis Lindsay and the Utah Jazz. Uh, and, and the idea has been brought up before on DJ and PK, and DJ will set that up here in just a minute in this clip, that uh, if Gordon Hayward and Donovan Mitchell were on the same team, how would that work? How would that? What would that look like? And they asked Joe Ingles that that question, and I thought Joe Ingles had a really smart, uh, comprehensive response to it. It's funny you bring up Donovan coming into the team. We've had this discussion before about uh, what would have happened had Gordon stayed with the Jazz, because obviously yeah. he would have had the ball in his hands. He would have gotten you know a certain number of shots per game. His role would have been unquestioned. And would that have slowed, sure yeah? Would that have slowed Donovan's development or yours? And PK's more of the thought that it would have slowed Donovan's. I'm more of the thought that it would have slowed or even stopped yours because you'd have been happy with a lesser role. When Donovan shows these flashes, you'd be thinking, hey, he's a young guy. we got to get more out of him. I'm wondering if your career changed and your role, if you think your role really enlarged because Gordon did take off. Well, regardless, I was fine. So I didn't really care right. what they had. They had me regardless. But, um, no, I think... I don't honestly. I don't think for me it would have been a huge. I, I think definitely a couple less, less shots, a couple less possessions with the ball in my hand. But I think Donovan's um, development would have been slowed down a little bit. Uh, he might not have been like an all star this year. He, I think he had he, he showed us all from his rookie year. He had the potential to, to be an all star and, and be kind of what he is for us now, regardless. But. Um, I don't think it would have 
hurt our team or them, either of those guys individually as much as what maybe people would have thought because they're still... If you think about a lot of teams with, with Steph and Clay and like with those kind of two-man combos that a lot of teams have, they start the game together, but they spend they do, a lot of their other minutes are out there by themselves. So they Donovan might have come off and Gordon would have stayed on with with me and Rudy and whoever, and then Donovan, uh, Rudy, uh, sorry, Gordon would go off and Donovan would come back on. And um, So I think they still would have both been really effective. And then obviously having them on the court together would have been unreal. And a couple of shooters around them and whatever, whoever it would have been, Mike or Ricky or whoever at the time. Um, I think everyone, like you said, not just me, but everyone else would have sacrificed a little bit. I think we all would have been given up a shot or two or a possession or two with the ball. Um, but I don't think overall it would have um, hurt our team. I think it would have been a really good thing. And obviously, we have moved on and we're, um, we are who we are now. Um, I think Gordon leaving definitely gave me the ball more than, than what I was ever expecting. And um, But it wouldn't have, like you said, I mean, you guys know me, it wouldn't have bothered me if I was taking less possessions and we were winning more games and, and playing deep in the finals and all that. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about what would have happened. I think, like I said, I think they both would have, like obviously Gordon was an all-star. Donovan um, still would have been who Donovan was. I think the, the thing about Donovan is people, and you guys know, and like Donovan's uh, from his first year to now, his his passing and creating is, is, is really good. His first year, probably not so much, and, and he would agree with that. Um, but he watches film and he learns and having those two out there together with, like I said, with some shooters around, I think it would have been, would have been pretty dangerous. I 100% agree with Joe Ingles, a team of Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, Gordon Hayward, Donovan Mitchell, and Mike Conley, or, uh, you know, fill in the blank fifth player, Royce O'Neal. I think that's a formidable starting lineup. I think that's a championship caliber team, even with Hayward's step back. Uh, that he's taken uh, statistically, uh, well, he took last year statistically. He's actually had a pretty good season thus far. Uh, I think that his, I think he would complement uh, Donovan Mitchell's play. And this idea of uh, not enough shots to go around for all the shooters to still align from DJ, uh, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. The, the Warriors made it work. You know, the 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 Heat made it work back in the day. It, it's they can find a way. To get enough, there's not there's not bad in having some of the best players in the league who sacrifice some shots for each other. Now, if it turns into a thing where they hate each other and they're stealing shots from one another, then that's a coaching problem. You got to find a way to coach these guys to where the team's more important than the individual. And I think that Quinn Snyder is exactly that type of coach. So that the idea of the Gordon Hayward mixing in with this team is interesting. I'm still of the belief, opinion, and a complete guess. Haven't been told this or anything, but I would be floored, shocked, dismayed, uh, flabbergasted, speechless, thoughtless, uh, uh, actless, uh, frozen in time if Gordon Hayward ever played for the Utah Jazz again. Just my thought and my guess and my opinion. So there you go. If you missed the Joe Ingles show with DJ and PK, check it out at 1280thezone.com. Brett Favre is in the news, and it's not for good reasons. Apparently, there's a scandal going down in Mississippi, Brett Favre's home state and where he lives and makes his home, that has kind of flown under the radar until now. 
essentially it boils down to this. What you'll see in the headlines is that Brett Favre has paid back 500000 of a $1.1 million debt to the state of Mississippi that he owes. He was paid $1.1 million for speaking appearances that he never made. He never made those speaking appearances. He has paid 500000 of the $1.1 million back with 600000 still to come. I don't know if it's I don't know exactly the the schedule but it's going to come back in installments. This came as a result of a state audit which revealed numerous question costs that came out of the state welfare budget. So here we go. This is the scandal. These monies came from the state welfare budget of Mississippi. Money that is supposed to go to underprivileged, challenged people who need that money to survive and get by and raise their children in a healthy, safe environment where they get a good education, they get the proper nutrition, clothing, shelter, and love they deserve and every every God-given rights of every human being on this earth. Past, present, future. Well, 1.1 million of that went to Brett Favre for speaking appearances that he never made. Diving deeper from uh, the Mississippi Today report, they also found that the welfare fund had spent $5 million renovating a volleyball stadium at the University of Southern Mississippi. Uh, Yeah, the welfare fund, $5 million to renovate the Southern Mississippi volleyball stadium. Well, looking into that a little further, Brett Favre's daughter plays on the volleyball team at Southern Mississippi. Also, Brett Favre boasted in an interview with the AP about raising funds to build the stadium. And yes, while some of the money was raised from individual donors, that $5 million came from the state's welfare budget. It gets worse. Mississippi Today also reported that the Mississippi Community Education Center gave over $2 million of state welfare money to a company called Prevacus, or Prevacus, I don't know, which does concussion research and makes medical devices. Brett Favre is a large investor in Prevacus per Sports Illustrated, and he sits on the advisory board. So, not only did he take $1.1 million for speaking appearances he never made, but also he somehow got the state welfare fund to give $5 million to a volleyball stadium at the southern, at southern Mississippi, and got Mississippi Community Education Center to give $2 million of the state welfare money to a company called Prevacus. That's a quick uh, rounding up here. That's seven, $8.1 million that Brett Favre more or less stole, in my opinion, from the state welfare fund of the great state, great state of Mississippi. Now, that may be harsh or sound egregious to some to say he stole it, but it was funds that were supposed to be for welfare, and they were sent to a volleyball stadium and a company that Brett Favre invested in mightily for concussion research. Not to food stamps, not to the food bank, not to education, not to the projects, not to clothing, not to medical help, not to uh, for Medicaid or Medicare. No, this went to a volleyball stadium, Brett Favre's pocket, and Brett Favre's pocket via Prevacus. Now he's paid five hundred thousand of the six of the one point one million that went directly into his pocket back, but I don't think that this should be ending anytime soon. I think there needs to be some further retribution. Does he need to go to jail? Not up to me to decide or say. I don't like to see people go to jail for nonviolent crimes. 
uh, you know, there, there, there's other ways, I think, to pay your debt to society and learn a lesson. However, if that's the end result, I totally get it. I understand, and yeah, he'll have to serve his time. Brett Favre's not going to see it second behind bars, though. He's going to end up paying hope, probably this $1.1 million, and that'll be it. Although I think it should be more than that. I think they need to look into that Prevacus thing a little bit deeper. So there you go, Brett Favre in a little bit of hot water in Mississippi. Here's a crazy story out of Wyoming. A grizzly bear attack. A guy named Spencer Smith was uh, shed antler hunting. You know, going around looking for antlers that have been shed by deers. Deers. <laughs> Deer and elk. Uh, and, and collecting them. That's It's totally legal at certain times of the year and certain you got to do it in certain areas. That, there's, there's rules and regulations to it. But he was, a, by all reports, doing it correctly in the Sunlight Basin northwest of Cody, Wyoming last Friday when all of a sudden he was ambushed in dense timber by a grizzly bear. And the grizzly bear mauled him nearly to death. He sustained serious neck wounds and then walked one and a half miles to his ATV and called for help. He was then assisted by the uh, warden of the uh, Game and Fish Department of Wyoming, Chris Queen, and flown via helicopter to a regional hospital where he was listed in stable condition. Well, how do you ask did he fight off this grizzly bear? Turns out he didn't do anything. He did one thing right, and that is he had bear mace with him. Bear mace spray. However, he did not have a chance or the time to get the bear mace spray out and use it to defend himself. Rather, instead, the grizzly bear reportedly bit into the canister that was still in Spencer Smith's hip holster and this presumably caused the bear to end its assault. Man, this guy is lucky. He was hiking alone, and the bear appears to have attacked before he could respond, as according to how he's telling the story. Uh, but uh, the, the, this bear just happened to bite into the canister in Smith's hip holster. It sprayed him or, or released that scent, and the bear ran away. And that saved Spencer Smith's life. Investigators found tracks of a lone adult male grizzly bear and a daybed site in dense cover about 30 yards from where the attack occurred. But they could not identify the animal and the WGFD does not plan to trap or kill any bears in the area. So dumb luck leads this guy right into this bear's front yard, it appears. Right, uh, right outside this bear's house. And then dumb luck, good luck happens when the bear bites his canister and, and it saves his life. Incredible story. Here's the lesson I would tell you. Don't hike alone. Don't be going off into the wilderness by yourself. Take someone with you. Please, 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 please. Don't go alone. Take someone with you and help each other. One person be looking for the antlers while the other one mans the bear spray. That easy, that simple. Please, thank goodness this guy survived. All right, the NFL schedule is set to be released tonight, 6 o'clock Mountain Time on the NFL Network. Interesting to see the NFL moving forward and carry on and carrying on as though all is normal, although they did do the virtual draft, and it went off without much of a hitch, which surprised me greatly. Uh, I'll be interested to see the schedule tonight, something I've never taken interest in before, uh, but uh, it's a big deal. Uh, it matters when there's only 16, 17 games. Actually, I think, are they moving to 18 games? Anyway, it matters to NFL teams. This schedule absolutely matters more so than uh, any other schedule in professional sports. 
Basketball, there's 82 of them. Baseball, there's 6, six million of them. Hockey, same deal. Ba- football, you get 16, 17, 18 shots of this thing. Uh, I'll be interested to watch how that goes because I think we're going to have to see some adjustments this fall and winter by the NFL. I said yesterday on the podcast, I think they ought to consider starting the season in July. Not going to happen, I don't think. But if they don't, I think we're going to see some pause come this winter when the COVID kicks back up in a stronger force uh, once again in another wave. But anyway, NFL NFL schedule coming out 6 o'clock tonight, Mountain Time. Couple golf stories to finish the day. One of my favorite video games of all time, the Tiger Woods video games. I played those endlessly, hour after hour after hour. It's been on a hiatus for quite a while. Uh, EA Sports, uh, in fact, gave it up. Well, 2K to the rescue. PGA Tour 2K21 has been announced. You're going to get it on, uh, I believe it's going to be across Xbox, PlayStation, and the like. Uh, 2K21. Uh, it, it, it's it's supposed to be more details will come out on May 14th, but another golf game coming your way pretty soon. That brings me to the final story of the day. Brooks Kepka, who's a kind of a weird, uh, I don't want to say a bad word. He's a guy I wouldn't mind punching. He, he annoys me. Uh, I think that it, and it stems a lot, a lot of it stems from the fact he doesn't even like golf, doesn't practice golf. He's just really good at golf and that annoys me. But his, his swagger, his his confidence, it, it, it's over the top. He's, he's not confident. He's not, he doesn't have swag. He's cocky, and he's conceited, in my opinion. Now, he does a lot of good with his money, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a charitable person. This is just one of those Jonathan Papelbon, uh, Kobe Bryant, may he rest in peace, sports figures that I dis, just dislike. Chris Paul, I don't like him. Okay? I respect how great they are. Don't like him. Well, he told an incredible story, though, with Scott Van Pelt on ESPN Sports Center about golfing with Michael Jordan and why you never, ever, ever trash talk MJ. We're talking about Jordan before we came on here. We've been trading some messages about watching this doc. And this is a guy you know. He's a friend. This is, you know, another South Florida guy you see quite a bit. And you started to say, I got a story. And I said, hold it. I, I'm curious. What's, the, what's your Jordan story? So it was, I think it might have been the second time I've ever played with him. Um, it was out there. It was me, him. Uh, there was a few other guys, and um, whatever it was, I was one up going into 17, and we've been jawing all day. Of and, course. And we got like a 40-yard walk back to um, the 17th tee, and, you know, he's he hasn't said much the last couple holes. I've kind of taken him, and I'm walking back, and I just said something like, I've got you right where I want you, and he just tees the ball up. He takes his practice when he looks at me and goes, it's fourth quarter, baby. I don't lose. <laughs> what happened? And sure enough, I, I lost 17 and I lost 18. So that's probably the last time I've ever smacked talk. <laughs> Keegan Bradley tells a great story about talking to Tom Brady and Brady did the exact same thing to him. I guess, you know, lessons learned. You got to pick your spots when you want to try to needle the, the best there's ever been. Exactly. But also at the same time, you, you know, what are you going to do? Step up on the first tee when he's negotiating shots. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> yes, you 12, got, hey, you there's the other lesson, Brooks. You got to remind him in the first quarter, hey, don't come begging for me for, for shots when you're going to start talking crap about the fourth quarter, right? <laughs> Exactly, exactly. It's a learning thing for me. So I'll tell you what, I, I, I'll tell you what, I have not played him since that, but uh, I'm looking forward. Hopefully we'll see it up again soon. Pretty good story there from Brooks Kepka. Keep your mouth shut when you're playing against the GOAT. 
or the second goat. I don't know, whatever, wherever you fall on that. But pretty good stuff there from Brooks Kepka about Michael Jordan. That's it for a throwaway Thursday edition of the EP podcast. Make sure you catch us on a rare red Friday tomorrow. Coming up tonight, the Movie Zone. Check it out, 7 o'clock on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Austin Horton. We'll see you on a Friday. And until then, please be good to each other. Now for the laugh of the day. <laughs> well, I tell you, for 40 years, folks, no lie, I have gotten so many laughs at my father's expense. <laughs> but I want you to know, if he were here tonight, he'd be sitting at, well, he'd be sleeping. But I would tell these stories, and he would just be delighting in them, which just tickles me. Just t- to know that my dad gets it. My dad understands his boy's profession. My dad understands I'm just using him to make money. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of money. I got a call from my mom a few years back. She said, your dad's had a terrible accident. My dad, old man now, huh, had climbed up in an apple tree. 18 feet. It's about as high as you go on an apple tree, huh? He's picking apples up there and throwing them to my cousin, who should have been in the tree. <laughs> throwing them to my cousin, and my cousin was catching the apples and putting them in an apple basket. And my dad figured out if he could pick a whole lot of apples and throw them faster than my cousin could catch them and put them, that he could repeatedly hit my cousin. Well, my dad was. <laughs> Grabbed a rotten limb. Snapped off 18 feet to the ground. Old paratrooper, he managed to land on his side, but shattered his pelvis. They have him in surgery for four or five hours trying to screw him back together. My mom's trying to get a hold of me for four, six, eight hours. I can't remember why. Finally does. I said, can I talk to him? She said, yeah, I think so. Hey, folks, I want to tell you something. I am... A, a guy who has always loved his mom and dad. I love my mom and dad, and never a moment in my life have I questioned if my mom and dad love me. I always knew how much they loved me. But having said that, <laughs> I would also tell you this. My dad and I didn't say those three words, I love you. Hardly ever. And I've wondered why that is, because I always said those words to my boys, and they to their kids, and now I to my grandkids, and now my dad and I, we talk two, three times a week, we FaceTime, we never end a conversation without saying, I love you, dad, and he to me, I love you, son. But all those years growing up, we didn't say those three words. I said to mom, can I talk to him? She said, yeah, I think so. And then I heard him say, hi, Bob, two syllables. And I heard the pain in his voice. I said, Dad, I'm so sorry. He said, well, thanks, Bob. I said, I I heard you were up pretty high. He said, you have no idea. (laughs) I thought he was going to tell me about how his skin was heating up as he came through the atmosphere back down to earth. I said, Dad, I wish there was something I could say to to make you feel better. He said, well, thanks, Bob. And then I realized, (laughs) 
there was something to be said. Because life is short, huh? And I said those three words so long overdue. I said, Dad, walk it off. Which got him laughing pretty hard, by the way. <laughs> and apparently it really hurts to laugh with a crotch full of screws.